This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast directories. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Or you can shoot me an email. The address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. You can call the vent line and leave a message. Get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. And by the way, that uh, Dawes is spelled D-A-W-S, not D-A-W-E-S. People said they couldn't find me. I've been getting a lot of emails uh, that... Apparently, everybody spells Dawes, D-A-W-E-S. Well, I was listening to last Friday's show. This was the first show. It was breaking news that uh, Donald Trump had ordered the killing of um, Iran's master terrorist, uh, Soleimani. And I realized, listening to it, that I was trying to say too much too fast. I was trying to give an overall view and bring everybody up to speed on how we ended up in this place this uh, this compromised position over in that godforsaken land over in the Middle East, and uh, where we go from here, how we get out of it. But today's um, uh, show, I'm going to bring it up to date and uh, start dealing with the, uh, the the fallout or the the consequences of uh, of this action. And I think my favorite statement uh, that was made on all of this is by Dan Crenshaw, the uh, former Navy SEAL who was uh, wounded, lost an eye over in Afghanistan. He's now serving in Congress, of course. And he took to Twitter and he said, uh, for those claiming that there's no plan and that this was reckless, step number one of any strategy is to stop letting terrorist regimes attack us without repercussions. Why is this basic truth of foreign policy so controversial? And Dan Crenshaw is exactly right. You know, you had all of these lunatic Democrats rush to the microphones to condemn Trump's killing of a terrorist leader that's been um, designated as a terrorist since 2005. And nobody, until Donald Trump, thought fit to remove this guy from the battlefield after he had been responsible for so many deaths not only of U.S. military personnel, but of tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people across that region. And, uh, and this, you know, common sense from Dan Crenshaw 
has more value to it to me than all of the foreign policy geniuses and and national defense experts in the swamp that have gotten us into this mess over in the Middle East. For one thing, Dan Crenshaw has got real-world experience dealing with the consequences of their misguided, foolish actions. He's made real sacrifices. So he's got more legitimacy, as far as I'm concerned, than the rest of them. And really, if you want to dig into how foolish it was for the United States to invade Iraq and to topple Saddam Hussein, you need to look at the origins of the the blood feud, the sectarian violence that has um, plagued the Middle East ever since um, Muhammad. I guess that's been 1,200 years now, or is it 1,700 years? Iraq is about 65% Shia Muslim. It's about 35% Sunni. Well, uh, Saddam Hussein himself was a Sunni. He was part of the minority, but he kept a lid on the sectarian violence over there and acted as a counterweight to Iran, which is 95% Shia. So now by toppling Hussein, we have allowed uh, the Shia state of Iran to, uh, to appeal to the Shia majority in Iraq and basically fill the, the void that was left by uh, the nationalist dictator, uh, Saddam Hussein. So all of these consequences way back when, um, when George W., decided that we were going to go and convert Iraq into a Jeffersonian democracy were perfectly predictable. Just like getting bogged down in Afghanistan was perfectly predictable. All you had to do was read a little bit of history. All you had to do was look at what is going on in the Muslim world. And yet they took us in over there on this ridiculous notion that we were going to um, convert them to, you know, a Democrat uh, republic, just like the United States, despite the evidence that there is no uh, functioning democracy in any of these Muslim nations. So now we've got Donald Trump trying to deal with the fallout of all this. And in response to, uh, their terror mastermind, who's been acting with impunity uh, for 20 or more years now. He's been designated as a, a terrorist since 2005 by the United States, and yet George W. and Saddam Hussein and uh, Barack Obama, I'm sorry, uh, allowed this guy to just uh, travel around the region unhindered, sowing uh, terrorist states financing international terrorism, killing Americans, and tens of thousands and really hundreds of thousands of people across the region. And now he was, he was moving in to, uh, to you know, attack American interests in Iraq by orchestrating uh, this siege of the American embassy that was, was repelled. And when Donald Trump took to Twitter to warn the mullahs in Iran that you better uh, pull back your troops from our embassy. One of the mullahs, I, I think it was Khamenei, 
not Khomeini. He was the uh, the first Ayatollah. This this guy Khomeini uh, answered Trump on Twitter saying, "You can't do a damn thing." <laughs> Wrong answer. This is what Mike Pompeo uh, had to say about that on the Sunday news show. And Trump has emboldened enemies like Iran and North Korea uh, to think that they can confront him. Do you think that as misguided as it may be, that some of our enemies think that this president is more vulnerable because of the impeachment effort? You should ask Mr. Soleimani. Yes, we should ask Mr. Soleimani. And you got to believe that the uh, the Ayatollahs over in Iran that are looking at those photographs of the grease spot on that uh, that road leading to Baghdad's airport are not sleeping too well at night. They put a eighty million dollar bounty on Donald Trump's head. Well, somebody needs to remind them that uh, each one of these cruise missiles that we can drop down their uh, chimney has about one point five million dollars. So if they want to play that game. Um, <laughs> they're going to uh, get another hard lesson in Donald Trump's grand strategy of counterpunching. Donald Trump has made it quite clear, despite the uh, the Democrats harping, that he has no intention of invading Iran. He has no desire to engage in nation building or regime change. But if you threaten Americans, if you threaten American interests, you will pay the price, and at long last, he's done so by killing uh, their leader that has uh, really been the, uh, the driving force behind their terrorist strategy in the region. And Trump was appearing, I think this was uh, down in Miami where he was in, uh, addressing a, uh, a conference of evangelicals at a... Um, at a Hispanic church down there, and this is what he had to say. Recent weeks, American warriors executed a daring raid that killed the savage leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi. He was a depraved butcher who will never again hurt another innocent person. Last night, at my direction, the United States military executed a flawless strike that terminated the terrorist ringleader responsible for gravely wounding and murdering thousands and thousands of people and hundreds and hundreds at least of Americans. Hassem Soleimani has been killed and his bloody rampage is now forever gone. He was plotting attacks against Americans, but now we've ensured that his atrocities have been stopped for good. They are stopped for good. Uh, I don't know if you know what was happening, but he was planning a very major attack, and we got him. We are a peace-loving nation, and my administration remains firmly committed to establishing peace and harmony among the nations in the world. We do not seek war. We do not seek nation-building. We do not seek regime change. But as president, I will never hesitate to defend the safety of the American people. You. So let this be a warning to terrorists. If you value your own life, you will not threaten the lives of our citizens. 
Americans have many blessings, but perhaps the greatest among them is the blessing of being protected by the most exceptional and virtuous military on the face of God's earth. In recent- that, let's call that the Trump doctrine. We're not interested in nation building. We're not interested in regime change. We're not going to try to tell everybody else in the world how to govern themselves. But if you mess with us, you're going to pay a price. And I think Donald Trump is establishing that principle throughout the world. And, uh, and the only thing we have to worry about really is Iran getting a nuclear weapon. And we're perfectly capable without having to invade and occupy and uh, topple their regimes of preventing that from happening. Uh, Mike Huckabee uh, took to Fox news and pointed out the obvious why, why does the killing of Soleimani make the Democrats so angry? Well, one of the things people seem to forget is the president hasn't said we're going to send troops in. We're going to try to rebuild a country. We're not going to try to do nation building or regime change. What we're trying to do is to take out the people who have murdered Americans. Uh, this goon killed over 600 Americans directly responsible for tens of thousands, if not millions of deaths of Iranians and other people across the world. And, and for the Democrats and the media to be just mourning his death like he's some kind of hero. I mean, this guy makes Charles Manson look like a friend Franciscan mock, for heaven's sakes. And what was he doing in Iraq, driving around in a car from the airport? Was he cruising by to get a Sonic burger? No. He was there to carry on what he had already started, and that was attack the U.S. Embassy. The president ought to be applauded. And I can't imagine what's wrong with people if they want a country to be a loser country, a patsy, a country that always apologizes for being strong, then vote for these Democrats. But I'm, a, I'm yes. just beyond offended for the simple reason that when Barack Obama took out Osama bin Laden, we all celebrated it. Republican, Democrat, it was an American celebration to get rid of this guy that uh, launched 9-11. Why can't the left appreciate what this president has done? It's beyond me. Because they hate Donald Trump. Worse than they hated this terrorist Iranian general, Soleimani. We're going to look more at at that right after this. I want to tell you about um, the cigar program that the Daily Mojo's got going, the Daily Mojo Cigar Series. And they're offering three cigars for a minimum of a $25 donation at mojo50.com. These cigars are... Churchill-sized cigars, they're 8 inches long and a 52-gauge uh, in diameter. And there are three separate uh, cigars. One is the El Jaffrey. It's a Connecticut wrapper for a mild smoke. It's good for uh, beginners or people that like a, more, a milder cigar. The Handy J with a Habano wrapper. It's a medium spicy cigar, very similar to what you would expect from a Cuban cigar. And, of course, the Stags, which is a Maduro, bold, smooth, a very mature cigar. I'm not sure why there's no Ron Phillips cigar. Maybe maybe it's, uh, not, maybe it's the, not the Churchill size. I'm not sure about that. But all of these cigars are hand-rolled right here in Florida in Tampa Bay by a Cuban who came to America 50 years ago in the... Uh, the exodus from Cuba to live the American dream. And they are unlike anything that you will be able to buy in a cigar store. 
They've got a fantastic draw and a clean burn with a nice ash. I'm ordering mine today, and I, I encourage you to do so as well. Go to mojo50.com and clip, click on the Shop Now button, and you'll get these three cigars for a minimum contribution of $25 to keep the Daily Mojo up and running. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Democrats' response to the killing of Suleimani. Of course, their lead candidate, uh, supposedly, we're told, um, took to the microphone and immediately uh, did exactly what you would expect him to do, having been a member of the Obama administration that shipped pallets of cash to the mullahs in Iran. He immediately cupped to the mullahs. Soleimani, General Soleimani, was the architect of uh, behind the slaughter of countless lives in the region. The deaths of U.S. troops are on his hands, and no American mourns his passing. He deserves to be brought to justice. He deserved to be brought to justice for his crimes. Well, that's a great start. If he could have just shut up right then, then he might have uh, contributed to our efforts and, uh, and, you know, been a productive American. But, of course, he's got to turn it to politics. But no matter how rightly reviled he was in the West, he was a senior figure of the Iranian government. And there's no doubt that Iran will, in fact, respond. So because he donned a uniform and took his orders from the radical mullahs in Iran... That's supposed to give him some sort of force field. I guess that's why two successive administrations allowed this guy to sow his terroristic uh, ideologies throughout the Middle East. Indeed, they've already vowed vengeance. This is all happening against the backdrop of a region that's on the edge of another major war. The risk has been made much worse by President Trump's own policies. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So we know that the region has been basically in flames since we invaded Iraq and then uh, went on into Syria and destabilized that and turned it into a failed state as well. And then under Obama went in and, uh, and toppled uh, the regime in Lebanon or in Libya. So here's a guy that's got a documented 40-year-long record of failure in foreign policy and national defense, second-guessing the president, killing the number one terrorist threat in the region now that we've gotten uh, Baghdadi, after admitting that, yes, uh, we should have killed him. And this is, uh, this is part and partial to the Democrats' response to all of this. They all rushed to the microphones, started saying, well, you know, Donald Trump should have consulted us, and, and um, he's reckless and dangerous. And we all know why Donald Trump dared not consult or brief the Congress. It's because the Democrats are are led by anti-American, America-hating, Trump-deranged lunatics. And I have no doubt in my mind 
that if Adam Schiff had gotten wind that we were going to attack Suleimani, that he would have uh, either rushed to the microphones and let it uh, be known, or he would have leaked to the New York Times in order to warn Suleimani. Here was uh, Schiff on one of the Sunday news shows undermining the U.S. position with respect to Iran right after the killing of Suleimani. Um, you heard Senator Warren suggest that this might be politically timed, almost like a wag the dog suggestion to change the subject from impeachment. A pretty striking uh, suggestion from the senator. Is she right? Look, I don't know what the president's motivation here is, but I think it was a reckless decision that increased the risk to Americans uh, all around the world. Uh, so it's going to increase the risk to Americans. Really? This, uh, this regime in Iran has been targeting Americans, and Soleimani has been the, uh, the, the hand behind that for 20 years. It, there may be some Iranian response in the short term, and if, if they do, then Trump's doctrine of counterpunching 10 times as hard will serve American interests far better, far better than these, these uh, foreign policy geniuses getting us bogged down in these endless wars. You know, uh, Biden was second-guessing Trump's killing of Soleimani. Well, there was another notorious terrorist that Biden um, second-guessed whether or not we should take him out. And we had to make a decision. The president, he went around the table with all the senior people, including the chiefs of staff. And he said, I have to make this decision. What is your opinion? He started the national security advisor, the secretary of state, and he ended with me. Every single person in that room hedged their bet, except Leon Panetta. Leon said, go. Everyone else said... 49, 51, this got to me. He said, Joe, what do you think? And I said, you know, I didn't know we had so many economists around the table. I said, we owe the man a direct answer. Mr. President, my suggestion is don't go. We have. So there it is. Uh, Now, Biden's out there on the campaign trail lying about that now. But we've, you know, like so many of the other lies he tells, we've actually got him on video proving uh, his his position on these things. So he lacked the testicular fortitude to even kill or recommend the killing of Osama bin Laden. And now he's telling us that despite the fact that uh, Soleimani was the major terrorist threat in the region, that we should not have killed him because there will be consequences. Now I go back to Dan Crenshaw, the first strategy you have is to stop letting people attack you if you're out in your yard and a stray dog comes up and starts biting you on the leg you don't start thinking well you know i need to put a fence up i wonder how much uh you know how long this fence needs to be and how high i need to make this fence and how much this fence is going to cost i need to get some quotes on this fence no the first thing you do is is kick the dog off your leg and stop it from biting you. Let's see, if 
we've got time for this clip from uh, General Petraeus, who uh, who pointed out how foolish the Democrats' positions are. Action. I mean, it's impossible to overstate the significance of the attack that takes out Qasem Soleimani and the number two militia leader uh, in Iraq as well, who also never dared to set foot in Iraq during the surge after we missed him and he escaped. So this is bigger than bin Laden. It's bigger than Baghdadi. This- so the... That's something that's been uh, underreported, the fact that uh, not only did we get Soleimani, but we got the leader of the Iraqi or the Iranian militias in Iraq at the same time, a two-for-one. And uh, Trump actually followed up uh, those strikes with other strikes on Iranian militias inside Iraq, and he's ordered up the mobilization of uh, of the airborne forces to stage them in the region to try to convince Iran that um, attacks on Americans would be foolish. But no, you can't tell the Democrats. They're so deranged at this point that they'll do anything to undermine this president. Got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the media's response to the killing of Suleimani. You're going to want to hear this. Stick with us. We'll be right back right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. So I got a poll up on Twitter. I want you to go over there and weigh in. And the question is, who is doing more damage to America? Your choices are Iran, China, and the Democrats. Or the Democrats, I should say. Right now, uh, the uh, the poll is eighty seven point five percent Democrats. <laughs> That's uh, that would be what I would vote for if I was allowed to vote in this poll. And uh, China is pulling up second place at twelve and a half percent. Iran is actually at zero percent. So we got a couple of hours left on that poll. Uh, I want you to go over there and weigh in on it and, uh, and check, check my, uh, my Twitter feed every day for the latest poll, and I'll bring you up to date on the results on the show. I'm at right now, Jim Dawes. So the media's response to all of this. Well, the New York Times and the Washington Post spent barrels and barrels of ink and I guess billions of pixels in their online edition immediately after Suleimani's uh, killing, trying to humanize Suleimani. The New York Times had uh, had these uh, 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 complimentary photographs of him praying to Allah and surrounded by adoring Iranians. One of the New York Times uh, columnists actually posted on her Twitter feed 
a video of Suleimani reading poetry. Reading poetry. The guy that has so much blood on his hand throughout the region, including killing over 600 American soldiers and maiming thousands and thousands of more by by developing and placing these armor-piercing IUDs throughout Iraq. That was the New York Times' response to his killing. Not a celebration, not a show of how bloodthirsty this guy was. No, they, uh, they, they talked about him reading poetry and how beloved he was in his home country. The Washington Post actually published an article that detailed troop locations throughout the Middle East and current troop movements into the region. Now, it wasn't that long ago. I was in the military from 79 to 83. Publishing troop movements and strengths was considered treason. Loose lips sink ships. But now you've got the Washington Post and the New York Times basically operating as intelligence reports to the mullahs in Iran. And the New York Times ran a 5,000-word article. It was about 5,000 words. Detailing uh, American intelligence and how it fed into Trump's decision to target Soleimani. And they, they went into great depth about how there was um, disagreements within the intelligence community on how to proceed. And they claimed that Donald Trump was being reckless because the, uh, the military advisors that were presenting him with options in the region never intended or suspected that he would take the option that was offered to him to take out Soleimani. Basically, it was the New York Times trying to uh, to counteract the fact that Donald Trump had, in fact, received intelligence briefings showing that one of the uh, appropriate responses would be to take out Soleimani. The New York Times wanted to undermine that position as quickly as they could. Old Brian Stetler, the foreign policy genius and George Costanza lookalike over there at CNN. He was beating the, the anti-American, undermine the war effort drum as soon as he could get to the cameras. The, the deterrence in the region. Pompeo making the case on six different television shows today. Now, Americans and many others around the world are instinctively suspicious and distrusting of what Iranian leaders say. But what about America's leaders? President Trump squandered his credibility at the very start of his presidency, and many officials in his administration have followed him down a path of deceit. So if your skepticism was at like a seven before, it should be at a nine now, because simply put, governments lie in wartime. This is the headline from Reason Magazine. Now that is Brian Stetler on CNN, the fake news network, the counterfeit news network, Accusing Donald Trump of lying. Donald Trump didn't lie about weapons of mass destruction. Donald Trump didn't lie about we could convert Afghanistan into a Jeffersonian democracy. Donald Trump has said forcefully and repeatedly with conviction 
that if you attack Americans, we are going to make you pay a price. And that's exactly what he did. There was no lying there. There was no deceit there. All of the deceit and lying has come from previous administrations and the so-called foreign policy elites in Washington, D.C. Rachel Maddow over at MSNBC hosted Susan Rice, the one who documented lying to us uh, after Benghazi about uh, a video produced by a, uh, a, a, a pastor condemning Islam, causing the attack on our, uh, our consulate in Libya. There's been a bunch of reporting um, over a period of years um, that the U.S. had previously assessed that it could be more dangerous to kill Qasem Soleimani, the head of the Quds Force in Iran, uh, than to allow him to live, even when U.S. forces did potentially have a shot at him. I just wanted to ask, there's a lot of discussion about that reporting now that this airstrike has happened and that Soleimani is dead. What's your, what can you tell us in a non-classified setting here about that reporting, whether it's accurate, and, and is there any reason that we should think that that calculation somehow changed before this airstrike? Well, to my knowledge, Rachel, uh, and certainly while I was national security advisor, the Obama administration was not presented with an opportunity by our intelligence community or by the U.S. military uh, to strike Qasem Soleimani. Um, Had we been... That is a lie right there. Jack Posobiec, who was a naval intelligence officer during the Obama administration, responded to Rice's contention that they had no opportunity to take out Soleimani by saying that they knew where Suleimani was every day, that it was a conscious decision by the Obama administration not to take out Suleimani and to allow him to continue his rampage through Iraq and Syria and Lebanon and his sponsorship of Hezbollah and the other terrorists in the region. And then she goes on to tell you exactly why they were frozen with indecision presented with such an opportunity, what we would have done is weighed very carefully and very deliberately the risks versus the potential rewards. We would have assessed all of the ways in which uh, this could enhance our security and degrade our security. So it degrades our security to kill an enemy combatant that is killing your troops, according to to Susan Rice. So I wonder how many American soldiers she was willing to sacrifice to keep from upsetting the mullahs in Iran. Was there a limit? Apparently 600 American soldiers. She was willing to, the uh, the Obama administration was willing to sacrifice them and no, no telling how many thousands of permanently disabled American military personnel Over at NBC, uh, the flagship of the MSNBC network, the equally lunatic Chuck Todd had Jay Johnson on and tried to get him on board the anti-Trump, don't kill Suleimani bandwagon. Jay, before you were Homeland Security Secretary, you you were counselor at the Defense Department. So 
Explain for viewers, why does Mike Pompeo keep saying terrorists? There is a legal reason he keeps saying the word terrorist, isn't it? Uh, no, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, if you believe everything that our government is saying about General Soleimani, he was a lawful military objective. Mm -hmm. And uh, the president, under his constitutional authority as commander-in-chief, had ample domestic legal authority to, to take him out without an additional congressional authorization. Um, the, whether he was a terrorist mm -hmm. or a general in a military force that was engaged in armed attacks against our people, he was a lawful military objective. I guarantee you that that was not the response that Chuck Todd was trying to elicit from Jay Johnson. And if he had known that Jay Johnson was going to answer that way, he would not have answered the question. Because Chuck Todd and George Stephanopoulos and Chris Wallace were all pursuing or uh, promoting this Democrat talking point that Trump acted recklessly and exceeded his authority by not consulting with the Democrats and giving them notification. In the aftermath of the killing of Soleimani, Trump took to Twitter and... Uh, <laughs> and gave the Democrats their notice for the upcoming actions by saying these social media posts will serve as notification to the United States Congress that should Iran strike any U.S. person or target, the United States will quickly and forcefully strike back and perhaps in a disproportionate manner. Such legal notice is not required but it is given here nonetheless. <laughs> so they were complaining about not giving notice, and Donald, Donald Trump's going to have been giving them notice right now. That if, as everybody is predicting, the mullahs in Iran try to target any other Americans to avenge the death of Soleimani, that he is going to hit them back ten times as hard and, uh, and the question I've got for you in, the, in today's upcoming poll that you can find at right now Jim Dawes on Twitter is what should we target? Should we target their refineries and take out their economic ability to wage war? Or should we go ahead and send the, I think it's about a 70-ship Iranian Navy to the bottom of the Persian Gulf? I kind of believe we ought to start by degrading their military capability, which is... Uh, is in the Persian Gulf. We should start with those seven very loud diesel submarines that they've got uh, patrolling in the Strait of Hormuz and elsewhere because they pose the greatest threat threat to our uh, naval forces over there. But I'd love to hear from you. Weigh in on the uh, the poll that you'll find after the show today on Twitter on what targets we should uh, we should designate. If Iran responds um, to the killing of Soleimani, let's see. We need to have a brief brief word from our new sponsor, New Life Biofeedback. You know, it's a new year, and uh, on the new year, we have most most of us make resolutions, and a lot of those resolutions, sadly, are not kept. And it's not because we're not able to keep them, or it's not within our power. But it's because our own minds sabotage us and keep us from keeping these resolutions. But what if there was a way 
that you could remove subconscious blocks, negative thoughts, negative emotions and beliefs, and, and achieve your goals. A simple, proven way to remove those blocks that keep you from living your life to the fullest is available now. Everything you ever wanted or envisioned but have been unable to achieve because of your lack of willpower or self-limiting thoughts can be overcome. Biofeedback, neurofeedback, it's a simple, passive way to reach your true potential by simply removing the negative thoughts that hold you back. It is a way that you can be truly limitless. The solution is new life quantum biofeedback. This is the same biofeedback and neurofeedback that's being used by the U.S. Navy SEALs, our, our Olympic athletes, the Department of, of Defense, and the Mayo Clinic. You can achieve optimal performance. You can achieve your potential by removing these negative thoughts. If you want to change your life, first you have to change your mind. Call to schedule a free consultation at one 800 for bio life that's 1-800-424-6543 or go to newlifeholistic.com that's newlifeholistic.com that phone number again is 888-424-6543 you've tried everything else now try something that has been proven your new life is waiting for you so you know, one of the most disappointing responses to taking out Suleimani came from somebody that uh, that I greatly admire and, and very rarely miss his show, and that's Tucker Carlson, who went on there and engaged in this, uh, this ridiculous argument that killing a, uh, a bloodthirsty terrorist amounts to another war. It is exactly the opposite Instead of invading and killing thousands and thousands of foreign fighters and, and collateral civilian deaths, Donald Trump is targeting their command and control. But Tucker, in keeping with his anti-war position, freaked out on Friday's show. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Tucker Carlson Tonight? In this case, the very people demanding action against Iran tonight, the ones telling you the Persian menace is the greatest threat we face, are the very same ones demanding that you ignore the invasion of America now in progress from the South. The millions, the tens of millions of foreign nationals living among us illegally, the torrent, more significantly, of Mexican narcotics that has killed and disabled entire generations of Americans. Nobody cares, in case you haven't noticed. Pay no attention to all of that, these very same people tell us. The real threat is Iran. Well, they're liars, and they don't care about you. They don't care about your kids. They're reckless and incompetent, and you should keep all of that in mind as war with Iran looms closer tonight. Uh, Tucker's engaging in the logical fallacy of either or. Just because we defend our American embassy and our U.S. troops in the region from this bloodthirsty terrorist does not mean that we can't also secure our borders. As a matter of fact, that would be the completion of the Trump doctrine. You protect Americans overseas and you don't allow terrorists and other uh, anti-American people 
in this country. You protect our borders. You make sure you know who's coming in, and you screen them. And and Tucker Carlson ought to know better. Matt Getz got it exactly right in his statement. I think he was appearing on. Oh, he's appearing on one of the Fox shows. The president would need congressional authorization to start a war with Iran, but as the president mm-hmm. made very clear, this was an effort to protect our troops and to stop a war, not to start one. What the world is witnessing is a change in doctrine. The Obama-Bush Middle East regime change doctrine was to invade and then hope to persuade people that we were liberators. Instead, the Trump doctrine is at its best when we strike the terrorists and then bring our troops home. I'm concerned about the additional troop deployments for the reasons you mentioned in the last segment. I'm grateful that President Trump is trying to end the war in Syria. He is the first president to end one of these forever wars and not start one. And we should not engage in a war with Iran absent congressional approval. Absolutely. And we are not engaging in a war in Iran. What we are doing is punishing them if they strike at us. And Donald Trump is also doing his best, despite determined and relentless opposition from the resistance to secure our borders as well. Well, Hollywood, of course, wasn't silent on this. You had Rose McGowan, the leader of the Me Too movement, took to Twitter. And this is the best argument for bringing back uh, mental institutionalization that I've ever seen. She said, Dear Iran, the USA has disrespected your country, your flag, and your people. 52% of us humbly apologize. We want peace with your great nation. We are being held hostage by a terrorist regime. We do not know how to escape. Please don't kill us. Hashtag Suleimani. There was all sorts of talk like that. We've got a fifth column in Hollywood. And we've got old George Lopez. Uh, he's uh, the, the mullahs put out an $80 million bounty on Donald Trump's head. And George, Lo- George Lopez took to Twitter and said that he would do it for $40 million. And why that's allowed... That kind of threat to go on, I'll never know. So you had the uh, the Golden Globes last night, and they made the mistake of uh, inviting Ricky Gervais Gervasis uh, to host, and he he absolutely took a torch to the gathered Hollywood glitterati. And I'm going to play this clip for you. It's a long one. But you got to hear this. I may put it on a loop and just play it again and again. Hello and welcome to the 77th Annual Golden Globe Awards, live from the Beverly Hilton Hotel here in Los Angeles. I'm Ricky Gervais. Thank you. Um, you'll, you'll be pleased to know this is the last time I'm hosting these awards, so I don't care anymore. Um, I'm joking. I never did. Um, NBC clearly don't care either, fifth time. So, I mean, Kevin Hart was fired from the Oscars because of some offensive tweets. Hello. (laughs) Lucky for me, the Hollywood foreign press can barely speak English. And they've no idea what Twitter is. So I got offered this gig by fax. So let's go out with a bang. Let's have a laugh at your expense, shall we? Remember, they're just jokes. We're all going to die soon, and there's no sequel. So, yeah, remember that. Um, But you all look lovely, all doled up. You came here in your limos. I came here in a limo tonight, and the license plate was made by Felicity Huffman. So, no, 
shush. It's her, it's her daughter I feel sorry for, okay? That must be the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to her. And her dad was in Wild Hogs. So, lots of big celebrities here tonight. I mean, legends, icons, yeah? Look, at this table alone. Uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. But... He's just warming up. Stick with it. Yoda. Uh, Oh, that's, that's Joe Pesci, sorry. Um, I love you, man. Don't have me whacked. Um, but tonight isn't just about the people in front of the camera. In this room are some of the most important TV and film executives in the world. People from every background, but they all have one thing in common. They're all terrified of Ronan Farrow. He's coming for you. He's coming for you. Look, talking of all you perverts, it was a big year... It was a big year for paedophile movies. Um, Surviving R. Kelly, Leaving Neverland, Two Popes. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I don't care. I don't care. Their smiles are starting to Many fade. talented people of colour were snubbed in major categories. Um, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that. The Hollywood foreign press are all very, very racist. So, fifth time. So... We were going to do an in-memoriam this year, but when I saw the list of people that had died, it wasn't diverse enough. It just... No. It was mostly white people. And I thought, nah, not on my watch. So, maybe next year. Let's, let's see what happens. No one cares about movies anymore. No one goes to the cinema. No one really watches network TV. Everyone's watching Netflix. This show should just be me coming out going, well done, Netflix, you win everything. Good night. But no, no, we've got to drag it out for three hours. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That, that's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. And it's still more fun than this, OK? <laughs> Spoiler alert, um, season two is on the way, so in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Shut up! I know he's your friend, but I don't care. You had to make your own way here, in your own plane, didn't you? Right, but m seriously, most films are awful. Lazy, remakes, sequels. I've heard a rumour that there might be a sequel to Sophie's Choice. I mean, that'd just be Meryl Streep going, well, it's got to be this one, then. He's getting warmed up. All the best actors have jumped to Netflix and HBO, you know. And the actors who just do Hollywood movies now do fantasy adventure nonsense. They wear masks and capes and really tight costumes. Their job isn't acting anymore. It's going to the gym twice a day and taking steroids, really. Have we got, a, have we got an award for most ripped junkie? No. No point. We know he'd win that. Um... Martin Scorsese, the greatest living director, made the news for his controversial comments about the Marvel franchise. He said they're not real cinema and uh, they remind him of theme parks. I agree. Although I don't know what he's doing hanging around theme parks. He's not big enough to go on the rides, is he? <laughs> it's tiny. He's about to dig in. Right. The Irishman was amazing. It was amazing. Um, look. It was. My fact, my, it was great. Uh, long, but amazing. Um, 
it wasn't the only epic movie. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, nearly three hours long, Leonardo DiCaprio attended the premiere, and by the end, his date was too old for him. So... Even Prince Andrew's like, come on, Leo, mate, you know. You're nearly 50, son. Um, the world got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. He was also in the movie Cats, but no one saw that. Um, and the reviews, oh, shocking. I saw one that said, this is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs, right? But Dame Judi Dench defended the film, saying it was the role she was born to play, because she... I can't do this next joke. Because she loves nothing better than plonking herself down on the carpet, lifting her leg and licking her... <laughs> furble, furble. She's old school. Um... It's the last time, who cares? Oh. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, we well, nice. say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God. And so... It's already three hours long. Right, let's do the first award. The first award. The first award is for best actor. You gotta go online and watch the faces on these Hollywood jerks as Ricky Gervais takes a blowtorch to him. It is beautiful. He also touched on Weinstein. Check it out. That takes us to the end. Thanks for joining us. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.